I'm Conrad, and these are the Chronicles of Curious Characters. We feature a new character in each episode and their unique story. We explore their backgrounds and their passions. We focus on the melting pot of Luxembourg, but every now and then we will have guests from other countries. We'll be talking to locals and expats about what they love to do, what they're enthusiastic about in life, and what makes Luxembourg such a special place for them. My name is Peter Lübken. I was born as a German and spent there my first 20 years, or actually the first uh, 30 years. Then I got married. Uh, my wife, my my ex, my now ex-wife, uh, is a French diplomat. So we moved uh, from then Berlin to Los Angeles uh, and then to Washington D.C. Uh, came back to Europe to Paris. Spent there three years and then in 2013 we then ended up in in Luxembourg. Um, in the meantime, we also had two two daughters, uh, and after we split up, when I was in Luxembourg, uh, I stayed here, and she she moved on. So I'm here in Luxembourg since ten years. So you're almost like a like a local. You said that you were born as a German citizen. What kind of citizenship do you have right now, and do you feel still German or of a different nationality? Yeah, being being married to a French uh, woman allowed me to also get the French nationality. And two years back, I also applied for the Luxembourgish citizenship. So you have triple, you have three nationalities. Three nationalities, yeah. <laughs> I do love my home country, Germany, but I don't have a strong desire to, to go back. So it's always nice to, to visit and to also go back to my to my roots. But um, I like it here in Luxembourg. Um, it's a small, beautiful, uh, cosmopolitan country and city. There's no longing to go back. And how many languages except English and I guess German do you speak? Yeah, languages were always hard for me at school. I tried it. So we had English and, and uh, French, uh, but I was really bad at it. So only when I then started to do an MBA, Uh, which was in English, I then really learned English. And then the um, the years in the States also helped there. And when we came back to Paris, I then learned French. Uh, and yeah, here in Luxembourg, I then learned Luxembourgish more intense the last two years. And now at work, I also uh, speak Luxembourgish. Uh, if my, some of my colleagues listen, they might think, That's not really Luxembourgish what I speak, but at least I'm I'm trying. So you speak uh, German, English, French, Luxembourgish. So you speak four languages. You have three nationalities. You're almost like a spy. No, I'm. A, I think I'm. I'm a good Luxembourgish, <laughs> <laughs> typical Luxembourgish citizen. That sounds about about right. You mentioned your work, but I don't think we are going to talk about your work today because you do have at least a couple of very interesting hobbies uh, that you do outside of work. Well, maybe at least the first one you do also at work or both of them. Who knows? Maybe you will find out today. 
One thing that really intrigued me, because just for the listeners to be transparent, uh, I know Peter for a few years. We used to work together at uh, our previous company, and it was a, a very nice to get to know uh, Peter then. But then I found out about something that, knowing Peter, I did not suspect that he is doing that in he, his uh, free time. And the thing that I'm saying is uh, about is the stand-up comedy. You are a stand-up comedian. Uh, maybe could you tell us how you got into uh, stand-up comedy? First of all, uh, that's our second interview uh, with, with you. So uh, my first interview was when you interviewed me as my uh, new future manager. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's the second time and I'm not sure of it. Uh, on which occasion I was more nervous. Yeah, I somehow I liked comedy. Uh, I always liked comedy. And when we were living in Paris, I once went to one open mic. And like with uh, many, many comedians, they, they are in the audience uh, and they, they see the, um, the, the other comedians on stage and you think to yourself, you can do better. So that was um, my, my initial motivation. Uh, so I tried it out in Paris for a couple of times. Uh, it was in the English English comedy, and it was nice. It worked. Um, when we moved to Luxembourg, uh, there was not real comedy scene back then, uh, 10 years back. But there was one guy, Joe Egan, uh, who always had a couple of shows over the year, once a month during the spring and summer uh, summer month. And there I also asked him. So he would bring professional comedians on stage. And I asked him if I can also perform as, as an amateur. And so he, um, he allowed that. And so I, I had then my first appearances in, in Luxembourg, then also in English. Uh, and then step by step, uh, separately a comedy scene developed in Luxembourg, uh, right now. There's uh, the Luxembourg comedy uh, scene, which is also a Facebook and an Instagram page, uh, where we have every Thursday an open mic in the Uptown Bar. Um, and there are always um, paid shows with, with professionals and, and local comedians happening uh, often on a weekly basis. So I, I had a stop for a couple of years, but I didn't do much. But then the last two or three years, I got back into the game and uh, and I enjoy uh, to be on stage and I, I enjoy to, to tell stories and, um, and I enjoy if people are laughing. And where do you get all the inspiration for the stories and for the jokes that you uh, tell on the stage? Mostly it's personal. Uh, there are some standard things uh, you do always around living in Luxembourg, being a German, uh, having lived in, in Paris or, or abroad. Those are always some good topics to make uh, the comparison between different nations and, 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 and different people. And that's, that's always, well, in, in Luxembourg, you always have an appreciative uh, audience for this, for this kind of thing. And then it's um, other personal things about relationships. So I mentioned I 
I was married, I got divorced, I have two kids, so and uh, there are already a lot of things you can... So you play discuss. around those topics. Because I, I always was interested when I see or I hear a stand-up comedian, I mean, the jokes they're telling about their own life. I'm, I, it's hard to believe that so many funny things are happening in their life when I compare my boring life to their life. And then I was always wondering how much there is truth in that stories and how much they're just twisting the reality just to make it funny. From your perspective, what's the ratio between the truth and the, the fake funny stories? Yeah, it's about 80, 80-20, 80% is, is true. And then you kind of twisted it a little bit to make it a little bit more funny. Uh, but for some stories, you don't you don't really need to twist it because it just happens like that uh that's then how you present it and and the the truth of your words to make it then more interesting and more funny and how often do you come up with, with new jokes do you need to do you prepare completely new material for every uh stand-up that you do or uh you let's say come up with 20 or 30 percent of, of new jokes every now and then yeah for the open mic Uh, you go there usually to have uh, to test new material. So I try to come up with something new at least every two weeks. Uh, that's about two or three minutes and then see how the audience reacts. And then on an open mic, you usually have around five to seven minutes on stage. So you mix it up with some new, some, some things you know that works to warm the audience a little bit up and then something new to see how 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 it's how it falls with them because you had also your first solo show a couple of months ago if i'm not mistaken i mean i don't remember the exact date but i was there at your solo show when i heard about it, i was like oh peter giving his first solo show i cannot miss it so i i definitely went there i enjoyed it very much we met some colleagues from our former work there as well they really enjoyed it That was your first solo, right? How how did you prepare for that? And um, was there any special preparation that you did for that solo when, when compared to the open mic? Yes, for this solo, I had kind of 50 minutes uh, to prepare and I tried to have a storyline throughout the whole the whole 50 minutes. So I had some stuff about Luxembourg, about um, comparison with the uh, different countries, uh, then some more personal things. Then I had uh, a part about meditation uh, in the middle to also relax the audience in a in a funny way. Uh, and I also had a part where I had some PowerPoints uh, prepared, um, but trying to not have a typical PowerPoint, but to have it in a more more funny way. So. In So those parts I then tried to mix and match so to have a good a good storyline. I uh, have a different mix of of themes and topics uh, so that uh, it's not boring to the audience. So there's always something new coming up and um, and make it uh, all the way interesting. I guess going on the stage, there is a, a bit of a stage fright. I know by myself. I attend the Toastmasters from time to time uh, just to learn 
public speaking and overcome that stage fright when I have to speak in front of the people. Now, of course, the reality of work has changed a bit because, for example, I work from home. So I, when I give presentations, I don't stand up in front of people, real people, so to speak, uh, because I have them on the screen. So it is a bit different. How was it for you? Was it, is it natural for you to, to be on the stage or you also had to, let's say, overcome this stage fright? For for me, it's a it's a challenge to go on stage, uh, but a challenge that I that I want to engage in. Um, and also, the the comedy itself, uh, it's it's for me, it's about storytelling to to tell my story in a in a funny way. In many ways, it's also kind of therapeutical. When I so when I grew up in the northern the northern part of Germany, we are uh, known for not being very talkative and also not to talk a lot about emotions and this is also kind of reflected in my personality so then going on stage and preparing stories that helps me then to to go back in, into into myself um, and think about myself think about um, my emotions uh, what's happened so Uh, you mentioned meditation. You said uh, about uh, expressing the the emotions. Do you do anything else except for stand up comedy in that direction? Yes. So since some time, I'm I'm into therapeutic coaching. So this is a program I I follow since one year, and it will continue for another year. This on one side helps me to know myself better, but I also kind of feel an urge or purpose to also help other people to live a more happy and a more fulfilling life. So this is a topic which came to me something like two years ago. Uh, so I had at that time a relationship which was in on some levels uh, dramatic. Uh, it didn't end well. And but this relationship was really transformational for me uh, because the my my partner at that time uh, she had or she, probably she still has some complex trauma originating from her childhood and that made her life uh, very challenging. So and then once she identified that she has experienced those those traumas, uh, she was very dedicated to understand how it happened, what it's made to her and uh, how to deal with it uh, and and also to maybe to heal it for her. So because this consumed a big part of her life and I was a partner, it also had a big impact onto our relationship. And I became then very interested as well to in order to understand her. Um, but then um, it turns out also to, it helped, it helped then also then also helped me to understand me and, and other people much, much more. So you started the therapeutic coaching because of that relationship, because you wanted to, to help her and your relationship or your therapeutic coaching started afterwards. I was always curious about to, to understand why people react in the ways they react. And this was the relationship with, with her was kind of the trigger to go deeper and then the original thought was not to to help her it was more to better understand her 
Um, in between, the relationship fell apart, but the, the interest to, uh, to, to learn more about trauma or, or in general about uh, why we act in certain ways state and um, then uh, the 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 idea or the the desire grew also to to then uh, help other people and so you're right now let's say st still studying to be a therape therapeutic i will have problems pronouncing this a therapeutic coach right yes can you tell us how long the 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 program takes and what things you learn during this uh, this program good yeah maybe as as an introduction Uh, so many of, of our behaviors that, that we show and, and how we act, uh, many of those, they are controlled through our unconscious mind uh, and mostly by the things uh, what we learned and experienced in, in our early childhood. Uh, so I'm not saying that everybody is traumatized, uh, but we all took over many beliefs and behaviors from our parents or, or other caregivers from that time. Uh, when we were really small and there's a lot of good stuff so especially if you had a loving family uh, with with a lot of compassion uh, but then uh, along the way there were also a lot of uh, very unhelpful things and this can be some really ridiculously small things so uh, me as a German so if 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 your caregiver was was German and very particular about recycling right um Uh, now that that you're an adult, uh, maybe you get angry uh, because your partner put the paper into the wrong recycling bin. So that's uh, that's one easy example. But it could also be more dramatic uh, things. So maybe you only felt loved by your father or your parents uh, if you brought home good grades, because only then you got some some praise from them. And that might uh, resonate also with with uh, with with more people here. Yeah, so you, familiar to me. Yeah. So. So in this, so in this, as as an effect, uh, might be that your belief system is then people will only accept and love me if I'm successful. So and then this belief continues throughout your life, and then you wonder why you now spend 14 hours at work and um, became became a workaholic. Uh, and then if you continue on this on this scale, it's it then goes can go up to 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 trauma events where you were. Um, where you had permanent emotional neglect, uh, which is kind of the worst thing that can happen to a child, or there was physical and emotional abuse. So in some ways, we are all victim of this, and it always has kind of an impact on us. So if you're lucky, it's just that we're getting angry about the recycling. Uh, but often there are some some bigger things uh, which where we have to cope with um, and Often a coping mechanism is is then a kind of addiction. So I talked about uh, uh, being being a workaholic, but then it it could also be uh, addic addiction to food, to 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 alcohol, or to or to drugs. So all those things that that you have learned and you are still learning uh, through this um, therapy, I, I think also got the chance got you the chance to learn about yourself and about the the society have you learned something that really impacted you that changed your view on maybe yourself your friends your colleagues at work 
yeah, it was for me a real transformational change. So to to explain, you can have a transformational change, or you can have a uh, there's also something like called a translational change. So in that translational change is kind of a change in in your behavior. So you start on your diet, or you decide to go running every every second day. Uh, so you work on your on your skills, on capabilities, um, and and that's that's good, but it might not always be a lasting change. Then a transformational change is then really a change in in someone's uh, self. So this can change your worldview, your beliefs, uh, even your purpose, your values, and and also how you relate to the world. And uh, so this a transformational change is change from the inside, and this kind of uh, happened to me. Uh, for me, it was a journey to discover and better understand myself, especially why I behave sometimes in ways that I couldn't understand before, uh, or and also understand when I get triggered for for some special behaviors. And yeah, I learned to to f fully accept myself, to be compassionate uh, with myself. Um, and I have now a better idea what I want in life, what I what I value in life, uh, and where I see my purpose. And in addition, uh, I also see people differently. I, it's, it's a more compassionate view. So you always say, put yourself into the other person's shoes. Right? So if, if you get triggered by somebody else, but then if you, if you If you put yourself in his or her shoes, then and you understand where she's coming from, how she grew up, what are her experiences, you then, in the end, might come to the conclusion I would have reacted the same way that he or she did. Yeah, because sometimes when you, when you interact with the other person, you you don't really know what that person is going through, right? Maybe he or she found out about cheating husband or wife in the morning, and that's why she's or he is reacting. Maybe. They have some problems, other problems in the family, maybe some sicknesses. When once you, because I, my understanding is you are still learning to be the coach. Yes. Once you you finish your study, what, what is your plan? Do you plan on being a, a professional coach, a part-time coach, or do you do it just as a, let's say, a side hobby of yours? It would start as a side hobby and then I would see how it's, how it goes Uh, so if I could do it after in the in my in my free time first, that would be that would be a good approach. So there are some guinea pigs uh, who are willing to um, to to meet with me, so where I also get a better feeling of how the tools that I learned how how I can apply them and 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 uh, which what kind of impact they have on 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 other people. Could you share with us some of those tools and how a session with a therapeutic coach can look like? Is it about sitting and talking about your feelings? Is it about you prescribing some funny medicine? How does it look like? Yes. So people people seek help because they are not feeling happy uh, and uh, they feel something else. They feel maybe anxious. They are... Uh, they feel lost, uh, overwhelmed, betrayed, worthless, and 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 and. So the the work here involves working with with emotions, uh, and emotions are a result from your th from your thoughts, and many things that we think are because of of our beliefs. Uh, so I believe 
I must be successful in order to be loved, and uh, but I didn't get promoted, uh, so I must be worthless. So the work as a therapeutic coach would be uh, to work a lot with, with your emotions. Uh, at first, you start to understand what is the purpose of of your of your client, what what he wants to achieve, uh, and then you also have some elements of of a, of a talk therapy to understand uh, why. Uh, the client, why the client came to you, uh, what are his thoughts, his, his feelings. A lot of work in the beginning is to bring the awareness to the client about the patterns uh, the client might be running, about the thought patterns, and understand what kind of emotions this brings up uh, for the client and also where in the body uh, the client can feel and experience those those emotions. Uh, so uh, the work with the body is a big part uh, here because often we dissociate from from our from our body. Uh, many people are stressed because of their personal life, because of their work life, uh, and often this stress is 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 neglected or not addressed. And but this stress is not going away; it it stays in your body, and then. Uh, causes some illnesses, so some diseases. Uh, you might get sick more often. So the body plays a big part here. And if you want to change an unhelpful behavior, an unhelpful thought pattern, uh, you cannot think yourself out of it. So you you also have to engage engage with your with your body. Uh, and as I said before, the unconscious plays a big role. So often you don't know why you're acting in such a way, why you're thinking this, uh, what you're thinking, uh, which is which is unhelpful. Uh, a lot of the tools then work with the with the unconscious. So there's a big toolbox uh, we can use. So after you identify the pattern uh, of the client of the thinking and to name and label this, that's that's also that's already very helpful. So that you and the client understand what's what is um, what is the what is the thought pattern and what is what is the pattern they are running, um, because seeing this and naming this uh, is, can already be a big relief, and seeing uh, that you have a p specific thought pattern, of course, doesn't mean that you that you have to be it. Um, so and maybe as an example, so you. Maybe you wanted to work out today, but you got busy or you were too tired. And then you have your inner critic who then starts talking to you, makes you feel guilty, makes you feel bad. And then because you feel bad, you in order to feel better, you start eating uh, eating chocolate. And then after that, the inner critic comes back even worse and, and makes you even even more guilty. Uh, what, we, what we then want to work with is not that you didn't work out. Uh, but the the inner critic uh, that 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 talked to you. So I want I want that the client gets a better handle to uh, work with this inner critic to calm this inner critic a little bit down. So f first of all, the awareness to know what's the what's the typical speech the inner critic has is is then helpful to give a tool to the client to stop this negative thinking. Uh, think about something something more positive to set an anchor, uh, so that whenever he notices that he comes back to to this unhelpful 
thinking that he knows how to stop this thinking, come to a, come to a better place, uh, and also um, have be more compassionate with yourself to to say it's all good. Uh, you are you are enough as you are. Um, so, but then when working more with the client and closer with the client, you might see that the root cause lies even deeper. So in your, that the root cause in, is in your belief and your values. Uh, and then we would work to identify those, those unhelpful. Then we would work to identify those beliefs and find the values that you would like to have instead and that are more aligned to your, to your sense, to your purpose in, in life and trying to manifest these new beliefs and this then goes more into a transformational change so you identify the let's say the problem and the, the the thinking pattern like you said how then you can work with the person to change those thinking patterns if you can just give a couple of examples i guess there is there is a secret secret toolbox as well but if maybe you can you can share with us at least a couple of tools how i because i guess also the person needs to work on himself and herself outside of the session right yes so the the client would also get some some exercises uh as well um in order to better understand what are his her beliefs and and values uh to to think about what uh kind of what things trigger them And also to help the client to find uh, the positive resources in yourself. So you you have some some passions you you like to uh, to cycle, and then that's the way how you can clear your mind, or you you do some other kind of sports, or you you love reading, you love teaching. Uh, so to also discover the 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 helpful resources you have, uh, which then play can play an important role to. Um, to create uh, new new thinking patterns for yourself. One one way how you can stop negative thinking is what uh, we call the, a, a stop process. So you become aware of your uh, of the patterns you're running. Uh, you become aware of what, what kind of emotion this triggers within you. So as an example, maybe you are you are anxious to give a presentation in, in front of people. So you uh, and then you try to notice the the thought pattern running in in your head so maybe it is yeah i i i will i don't have the experience the people will laugh at me and so you you try to identify those thought patterns to then also understand what kind of emotions this brings up in you so we become anxious and then how you feel it in your body so your uh, maybe your 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 breathing becomes shallow your heart is is racing so once you identify this Uh, you see what it makes with you. You you then say, "Is this helpful for you or not?" And and mostly the answer is no. So <laughs> you then say, "Stop to yourself." You say, "Stop to your thinking pattern with your voice, also with with a gesture, which then also gives a signal to the body to uh, to to change or to stop thinking. Uh, and instead, you think about something more positive. Uh, so the, in the first step, you you stop, you try to stop this thinking, which can already be very helpful. In the second step, you think about what else instead you can do, what you can think. Uh, and here we we come to the to the more helpful resources you have you have in in yourself. 
with with a lot of compassion to yourself you you start about thinking uh yes i can do this i have the capabilities to to present uh and it doesn't matter what they what the other people uh, think about myself before you also mentioned that you work not only with the the thinking process and the subconscious level but also uh you work with and engage with the body of the client or the person that you are trying to help. So the, this kind of engagement, the, the, the physical engagement, I guess, because you said engage with the body. Well, what what is that? How can it look like? What is the approach there? The first approach is to become aware of it. For some some people, there's already a dissociation between what they what they think and their connection to the to the body and what this, respectively, what this thinking uh, does make with the body. So first step is to to be become aware of this. One helpful thing when you work with the body is is also uh, it's it's called a tapping, where you can tap on acupressure points, uh, which can help to relieve stressful feelings, anxiety. Uh, so here we tap on uh, different parts of the of the body and re reiterate the issue you want you want to address. We can also do hypnotic sessions. So this is not a hypnosis might think about uh, where you see where you see people uh, being in hypnosis on a stage and they they do they do crazy things. So that's um, uh, the hypnosis I talk about is a more it's a very respectful hypnosis where uh, you try to access the unconscious of your client because many of your um, behaviors of your beliefs are stored in your unconscious and by going into hypnosis you can access this a little a little better uh, and give assertions to the client which unconsciously can unlock uh, things so that your thought patterns will also change question from my personal experience uh, i have problems or issues with opening up like expressing my emotions. And definitely if I, for example, went to a therapeutic therapeutic coach uh, like yourself or someone else, I definitely know that I would have problems just talking to that person. I imagine that there are other people with the same issue. Is there something that I can do before going to a therapeutic coach to, to help myself open up in front of that person. I think the biggest step you already took is to contact a therapeutic coach. So this already signals that there's something uh, you want to address. The job of the therapeutic coach is then to build a rapport with you uh, so that the, the client can understand he is in a safe place. It's also fine that if in a first session we don't go deep, not even a second or third session and it might also be that um, the client doesn't feel that there's enough rapport with the with the with the coach and that's that's also also fine uh, then uh, the client might might look for for somebody else so it's it's always a very personal thing between between a coach and and a client the the client needs to feel safe supported and 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 trusted and do you think that uh, building this uh, rapport and, you know, uh, let's say uh, relationship, the coaching relationship, is it easier to build that between um, 
a male client and a male coach or male and female or does not really matter i think that's the decision of the the client with whom uh, he she feels feels more comfortable then also depends on on the history of the client so maybe there are some issues in the past with with male figures or female figures and then and then it's it's easier to work uh, with, with somebody else and how long usually a, a session lasts i think a session between 45 minutes and an hour is is a good way but i try always at the end to have uh, a last kind of meditation session which is a guided meditation uh, with some visualization which a good way to then ground the client again at the end of the session um, and maybe give some some positive feelings to leave the session And uh, before we, we finish uh, our conversation uh, today, is there anything else that you would like to share with uh, the listeners of the podcast? I, I think what I would like to share is that life is amazing and that you can you can always change. I, I was very surprised about myself, how much I learned in the last two years and how much it's changed myself and my, my views. I found it amazing how things can change and it's it's never too late to to learn something uh to do something if it's comedy or or do a therapeutic coaching the the mind is is incredible uh, so we as this concept of neuroplasticity meaning uh you are always able to to change your mind you You might have some thought patterns some pathways from your early childhood which are very strong But uh, you can unlearn this and you can create new pathways, more helpful pathways all the time. Everybody can do it. Anybody, anybody has the ability to change. And that's, that was amazing to feel it for myself. And that's also one reason why I want to help other people as well. In my background, I, I think I had, I don't have a lot of emotional baggage. Uh, so my upbringing was good, was was not perfect, but I had a really loving, uh, supportive home. Uh, but still, there were things that I that I needed to address, and it made me much more free and content and happier. And if I can bring some of this to other people, that would be very amazing. Thank you, Peter, for for sharing that. I think that one of the takes from from that, like you mentioned, it's it's never too late. Uh, no matter if you're thirty, twenty, fifty, sixty, as long as you recognize um, that you want some help or you need some help, and you reach out, it's it's never too late. Uh, and I think also maybe sometimes the the family members you can the person can talk with the family members. Um, about certain uh, questions that they have about their life, about uh, the way they think, and maybe the family can help also navigate that person into contacting a coach. Because quite often, maybe we don't know that there is uh, such a possibility of meeting with a coach and having someone just to talk to and the coach help navigate our thinking patterns. So thank you, Peter, for, for sharing your passion today with us. Thank you about sharing your 
story uh, about ending up in Luxembourg and also doing uh, stand-up comedy. Thank you for sitting down with me and thank you for your time. Thank you, Conrad, for inviting me. The music in this episode is thanks to Poddington Bear. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can find lots of subscription options to different services and applications on our website, chroniclesofcuriouscharacters.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.